This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com Good morning! It is Tuesday. It is the 19th day of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. This is Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. And this is your 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday edition of all the shows here on the Crusade Channel that air at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, by far, this one is your favorite. Broadcasting from the heart of America and always reachable via email, RestoreTheFaithMedia at gmail.com. Again, that's RestoreTheFaithMedia at gmail.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a just society, the type of world that we have made for ourselves, we the people of the United States, in order to establish justice and secure domestic tranquility. We have provided for the common defense and promoted the general welfare, and we have secured the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Only rarely does the Federal Bureau of Investigation impede our liberty and entrap us in fake crimes. Only occasionally does that happen in these United States, but when it does, it happens in the state of uh, Michigan, and the FBI convinces you that you should be part of a violent coup against the cuckoo governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmore, more acquittals in the I don't know what do you what do you call this the entrapment uh, scandal of the FBI they haven't even been able to nab not one person of all the people arrested who are supposedly going to kidnap and torture the governor of Michigan and she really rode that one to re-election, too. Of all the people that were going to do that, the only person who has yet to be tried for it is the FBI informant who was baiting everybody into it. Two more acquittals here. 23 past hour, we are following breaking news. A verdict has just been reached in the trial of the three men charged in the plot to kidnap Michigan's Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Joining us now, NBC's Antonia Hilton. So, Antonia, good morning. What's the verdict? Good morning, Jose. Well, these three men who were accused of being part of this 2020 plot to kidnap the Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer, have all been acquitted on all counts. Now, these three men were part of this militia group, the Wolverine Watchmen, and they were accused by the government of being part of this plot, of taking part in drills and surveillance of uh, Gretchen Whitmer's properties. And what they have testified, two of the three testified, saying that they took part in these drills but did not know the plot until the very end. And they weren't some of the central players here. Some of those folks have already been convicted. They are facing up to and about 20 years in prison. But these three men, two of whom are brothers, are off on all charges. And you'll remember, you know, for anyone who hasn't paid much attention to this case recently, you know, this was a big deal back in 2020. It was part of the story of the extremism, the rising rhetoric around that time, a closer look at some of the militia groups in the United States that have been organizing. Ooh, 2020. Times put rhetoric. Uh, both voters and and politicians' life, lives at risk here. Oh, and so, politicians' you know, lives at risk. men have been acquitted, and this is the last of the trial, 
they're one piece of a much larger story, Jose. Antonio Hilton, thank you so very much. This is the last of the trial. This is it. That's all they have. That's they're not there's no there are no other people who are gonna go after Gretchen Whitmore. Did you know she's a lesbian, by the way? And a Jew. Crazy. Uh, did you know that the Jewish lesbian governor, uh, or maybe that's her attorney general? I could be wrong about that. If you're in Michigan, let me know. Either the attorney general or the governor is a Jewish lesbian. Pretty sure Gretchen... I mean, look, Gretchen... Let's just look this up. Gretchen Whitmer... Last three men charged with plotting to kidnap Michigan governor are acquitted. Acquitted. She assumed office in 2019. So she won the 2018 election. And things got real dicey for her. Uh, Well, things got very dicey for her. Just one year later, when Donald Trump got in the race, because the rhetoric got really off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. The rhetoric, if you remember in 2020, as we all do, things were really hard for members of the media. There was a certain mean guy, Orange Man. He's very bad. When Orange Man was was running for president, he was so mean to us. No, it's not her. It's the attorney general. She's a divorcee. And she's very pro-LGBTQRS. Long-time advocate for expanding Michigan's rights. Uh, But no, as far as we know, she's not the... She is not the lesbian. it's, It's certainly her attorney general, who is a woman, lesbian... Jew, attack dog. Uh, incidentally, the woman lesbian Jew has no love for church militant. Did you know that? That's weird. The attorney general of the state of Michigan, just not a big fan of church militant. I wonder why. That's so strange. All right. So the question that I have for all of you is, if you listen to the news reporting of the supposed plot okay the plot to assassinate to with the with or to kidnap at least gretchen 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 became very popular in michigan and she has managed to pretty much turn michigan solidly blue michigan was turning more purple uh michigan had had flipped red occasionally you know, there were there were times when Republicans could win a statewide election in Michigan. No more. That 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 time is over. The the blue wall is very real and Gretchen Whitmer gets a lot of credit for that. She is extremely pro-COVID, pro-gay. She loves dressing up. Uh, she loves men who wear women's clothing. Uh, she loves transgender. She loves uh, uh, story hour with children, drag queens. She also loves mask mandates. She loves lockdowns. She loves the idea of keeping everybody afraid and scared. Scared about the virus. She loves mandates. Vaccine mandates. She wants to decide what goes in your body. 
And anybody who opposes her is going to be now likened to this alt-right gang of uh, hooligans who uh, wittingly or unwittingly were going to kidnap Whitmer, unwittingly kidnapping Governor Whitmer. Uh, So you heard that two of the three testified that they had no idea what the plot was. That's because nobody had any idea what the plot was. Do you know why? Because there was no plot. There was no written down, pre-agreed to plan to capture the governor of the state of Michigan. That was the, 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 the plot for that, the plan only ever existed in the mind of an FBI informant, an FBI agent, a Fed. It only ever existed in the mind of a Fed. Whitmer's life was never in danger. Her livelihood was never in question. The security of politicians in Michigan and of members of the media was never threatened. All of that was a big, giant hoax. It was a huge hoax, which she used, the FBI used, and they were able to blame it on Trump. Well, with the rise of Trump, you even heard, you even just literally today, on the 19th of September, 2023, years later, You even today heard the drone at the news media blame Trump, without naming him, blame populism, blame the rise of populist Republican politicians, the rise of conservatism, so-called, in these United States in 2020 with the threat to her life. And she played victim just like every woman elected official plays the victim. Yesterday I told you about Lauren Boberts getting her boobies fondled, lewd activity in public. She immediately played the victim. She immediately went out and said, well, I'm just eccentric and they were kicking me out of the movie theater for no reason. Oh, and then the footage came out and she was smoking her douche flute in the movie theater whilst being groped in front of children in full view. Some conservative. But she immediately, her instinct was to play the victim. She's a conservative, they say. Here on the other end of the spectrum, you have another woman elected official named Gretchen Whitmer, a liberal an extreme alt-left liberal at that. The kind of liberal that you can't even trust to behave around your children. No, I'm not talking about Lauren Bobert, Booby Bobert. No, I'm not talking about her. Gretchen Whitmer is the kind of person who immediately defaults to victimization. I was made into a victim. I was turned into a victim. They were going to assassinate me. All because they don't like my politics. 
It's so dangerous right now being a liberal woman in politics in the state of Michigan. It is so you're basically taking your life in your hands if you run for office. If you take bribes from lobbyists and you run a savvy political campaign, you make promises to people and you do all the things you're supposed to do to to become governor of the state of Michigan. You're basically taking your life in your hands. Two hours ago, she tweeted, MAGA extremists want to enact bigoted bans, restrict abortion access, and dismantle our democracy. It's up to all of us to come together and elect leaders who will defend our rights and stand up to extremism. Join our fight. Now, arguably, she is an extremist. She is an extremist. She wants to kill babies that are already born. She's never met a baby she didn't want to hack to death personally. She's very extreme. And yet, she's, here she is talking about MAGA extremists. And we have to stand up to extreme ism extreme ism you know when politicians talk about having to stand up to isms remember the war on terrorism it's similar to the war on poverty it's similar to the war on drugs it's similar to the war on i don't know communism we never actually declared a war on communism for what it's worth. We never actually fought communism because we were with them shoulder to shoulder from the beginning. Do you remember FDR sitting next to Joseph Stalin? He couldn't stand. And the media covered for him. The media never alert, alerted the American people to the fact that FDR was disabled. He couldn't even walk. We always... And everywhere are now, we don't declare wars against people, against nations. We're not, we're not going to declare war on Russia. We're going to declare war on Russian extremism. We're not going to declare war on conservatism. We're just going to declare war on extremism. Notice the thing about extremism, though. Extremism. Here, she's tweeting about extremism on the same day within hours of the, ex- the complete exoneration of these people who were bamboozled by, the- by a Fed into a false plot, a false kidnapping plot. She's out there tweeting about extremism. Notice that both the right and the left, so-called, in these United States, will talk about extremism. When the right critiques the groomers or the climate lockdown advocates, they say these people are extreme. They're extreme. They're out there on the extremes. When the left critiques the right, they claim that these people are extremists. They're racists. They're xenophobes. They're 
they're they're they're Nazis. They're bigots. We have to stand up to extremism. There is an acceptable level of political discourse, in other words. You're allowed, like Trump is saying. Trump, do I have that clip? Trump said the other day on television that you could be pro-life but not too pro-life. You have to be a little bit pro-choice. You have to carve a center path. You have to carve a middle way. You know, Michael Voris uh, has been missing for the last month. He's been MIA. He can't even bring himself to tweet. In the in the in the uh, wake of his homeboy, Father James Altman coming out and saying, "Hey, I'm a set of a contest. Bergoglio is not Pope. Jorge Bergoglio is not the Pope. Francis is not the Pope." This is what Father Altman's saying. Altman, of course, famously propped up by church militant, vetted, vetted <laughs> by Michael Voris. Boris comes out and says, we have, to pa- we have to carve a middle way. We can't be too extreme. Because if we're extreme, then that, that prevents conversions. That was Michael Voris's argument. I have to tell you, the saints were all extremists. The saints were all absolute extremists think of it think of any saint that you that you can think of who was canonized prior to let's say i don't know 1960 do you think that any of the saints that you can think of canonized prior to 1960 can be described in any way besides extremists extreme love for jesus christ extreme passion for the liberty and exaltation of holy mother church extreme levels of piety extreme levels of justice extreme levels of charity extreme levels of a thirst for souls is there such a thing as a lukewarm saint Is there such a thing as a Charlie Brown, wishy-washy, center-of-the-road, non-confrontational, everyone should go along to get along? Is Is there such thing as a saint who was that way? The answer is that there's not. There may well be souls in heaven who were that way on earth. But we don't know any of their names because they're not put forward to us as canonized saints by the Holy Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church publicly canonizes those souls who have demonstrated an extreme love for our Lord Jesus Christ, an extreme amount of thirst and hunger for righteousness for souls for the splendor of holy mother church piety for holy things belief love justice fortitude temperance 
prudence. Extreme levels of prudence. Extreme levels of fortitude. There's nobody that I can think of. I can't think of anyone who was like, oh, this person was just a normal person and they stumbled their way into heaven. No, that is not given to us as an example. That's never given to us. And here again, the political discourse in the United States of America is designed specifically to destroy your understanding of piety, your belief in the cloud of witnesses, the saints. The saints were all extremists, and so Gretchen Whitmer says it's time to take a stand against extremism. Well, you know, there's extremism, and then there's extremism. There are certain types of extremism that we need to foster and cherish and love. I think we need to have extremists. I think it's time to have Catholic extremists again. I think we need people to have such a burning fire of love for our Lord Jesus Christ that they will defend to the death, they will defend the rights of Holy Mother Church, that they will defend to the death holy things, the dogmas of the faith, love for the hierarchy, love for the truth, love for neighbor, love for souls. I think it's time that we do have more extremists running around out there. Regardless of what the justice or anti-justice system in these United States is pushing for. You know, the anti-justice system of these United States, they really do not want you to fall in love head over heels to fall in love with our Lord Jesus Christ through his church which he founded on earth for the perpetuation and proliferation of grace and the sacraments they don't want you to become a Catholic extremist. Extremism is something that used to be lauded. It was enviable. People wished that they could become extremists like St. Francis, like St. Benedict. People have followed in their footsteps seeking to become extremists like those two men were extremists. It was considered a high honor to be called an extremist when it comes to loving God, serving God. Extremism in these United States is one of the last remaining F-words that there is. It's an F-word. 
People are very casual with the actual F-bomb. People will drop F-bombs all the time. Have you noticed this? People are so vulgar. Look at Lauren Booby Bobert getting groped, dropping F-bombs, smoking a douche flute in public. You know, women smoking in general is abhorrent. But to smoke a chemical inside of a theater, it's 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 astounding. All of it is astounding. None of it makes any sense to me. For her to be there being groped by a basically a groomer. She claims to be on the hard right trying to stop the groomers. And yet this guy that she's with owns a gay bar that has transvestite shows on a regular basis. That's her company. That's her evening company. We used to say, choose your company wisely. You can't be seen in public with certain people. That's not respectable. Now the conservatives are saying, well, it's her private business. What she does in public is her private business. How she comports herself in the public view is her private business. It's none of your business. Gretchen Whitmer and Lauren Bulbert are the same person, ultimately. They are both women cut from the same cloth. They both instinctively shrink into themselves and play victim when things don't go their way. And both point to the other as the extreme and say we have to fight extremism. In other words, there is acceptable speech and there is unacceptable speech. Acceptable speech is not extremist. It falls within the parameters of acceptability. Anything outside of that, though, however, comma, is extreme speech. And extreme speech has to be rooted out, ferreted out, dismantled, destroyed, deplatformed, silenced, and punished. There can be no extreme speech in these United States. You know, there's plenty of First Amendment case law that has successfully been argued that says that actually the First Amendment specifically protects extreme opinions. But not in a Hegelian world. And we live in a Hegelian world. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. This is the three-step process by which you will reach a compromise and you will find yourself, like Trump, advocating for, I don't know, five weeks, six weeks, that seems right, but I would find a compromise that both sides would love. Mr. President, I want to 
give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think you stand I on think this. they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me what, but what's let going President, to have to happen is you're going to have to... Kristen, you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk, if you were reelected, would you sign it at 15? Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people, people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I would I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think that I, I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. Five- or six-week ban is a terrible mistake. Fifteen weeks? Well, if we can reach consensus, we'll have peace in our time. Peace. Peace in our time. Do you understand how that works? We just need the two extremes to mix together, and we need to flesh it out and call it a compromise. And if you say that abortion is murder, that's an extremist position... And we have to have a war on extremism. And if you say that abortion is perfectly natural up until and including birth, that's an extremist position. And we're not allowed to have extremist positions. And so what happens in the United States of America is typically, here's how it happens in practice. The conservative right-wing position, the most right-wing position that is acceptable, eventually over time becomes an extremist position. So pro-life people since Roe have said that abortion is murder. Abortion is murder. Abortion is murder. Let me say it again. Abortion is murder. Abortion is murder. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Abortion is murder. Period. End of story. However, saying it now in 2023 is a lot closer to an extremist position than saying it 50 years ago. And how has that come to pass? Well, that came to pass because the Overton window of acceptable speech has shifted to the left. Democrats, for whatever it's worth, in 1992, when they were coming up with their party platform, they said, we want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Safe, legal, and rare. Safe, legal, and rare. What happened to safe, legal, and rare? Now they want it on demand for any reason, at any point, period. Now, why aren't they called an extremist? That's weird. Because safe, legal, and rare was the talking point back in 1992. And now, 20, 30 years later, the talking point is on demand for any reason, post-birth, we don't care. Kill the babies. Kill all the babies. Kill them for climate. Kill them for carbon. Kill them for profit. Kill them for organs. Kill them for vaccines. Kill them for whatever freaking reason you can imagine, but just kill all the babies. Safe, legal, and rare. So here you have Trump basically coming out and saying, We're going to make both sides happy. We'll have peace on this issue because we will land on safe, legal, and rare. 
Trump will get us to safe, legal, and rare. That was the 1992 Democratic position on abortion. And that's where the Republican Party stands now. Do you see how that happened? So when I say abortion is murder, 50 years from now, I will be killed for saying that. I will lose my life for saying that. Will it still be true? Yes, it will still be true. It has always been true. It, it, it will always be true. Truth is transcendent. It doesn't care about the politics of the day. Abortion is murder today. Abortion was murder yesterday. And tomorrow, guess what? Abortion's still going to be murder. But the Republican Party is landing on safe, legal, and rare. That's where we are in these United States. We want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Or medium rare. Or well done. We don't care. Just cook the baby. Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about these F-35 that went missing outside of Charleston, South Carolina. The Marine Corps' reaction to that coming up here. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. There is an F-35 missing, ladies and gentlemen. It is on autopilot. The the pilot apparently bailed out in this F-35 warplane left somewhere outside of Charleston, South Carolina, and we don't know where it is. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, United States <laughs> service members, Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen. Uh, today's the 19th day of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And, well, as of last night, anyway, there was a missing F-35 warplane. Did anybody check Ukraine? Did anybody check, uh, I don't know, Zelensky's backyard? Maybe his condo in Miami. You know, Miami from South Carolina in an F-35 I wouldn't think that's a very long flight. So I think somebody better get down there right now to that condo in Miami where there's billions of dollars stacked up in $100 bills and see if there's an F-35 parked there. We are missing <laughs> an F-35. <laughs> uh, the Marine Corps reacts. They have just issued a two-day stand-down order for all aviation units, both inside and outside of the U.S., following the disappearance of an F-35 warplane. This is according to ABC News. The reason for the stand-down is currently unknown. This person asks, is it possible that our most advanced aircraft assets have been compromised? I don't know if the pilot ejected or if he was ejected. Do you see the distinction? I don't know if he thought he was losing control of the warplane, one of the most advanced pieces of equipment that the United States has ever built, also one of the more expensive. 
I don't know if the pilot deliberately ejected out of the plane and the plane kept flying. It's gone. We don't know where it is. How did we lose an F-35? The same government which you trust to have nuclear weapons, allegedly. What if they lost a nuke? The same government that you trust to come into your house and take your children away if, you, if they think that those children are being abused. What if they lose your children? What if, what if, the, what if Child Protective Services loses track of some kids? What do you think is going to happen to those children? Child sex trafficking brought to you by the United States government? Has the mailman ever lost your mail? Yeah, it happens sometimes. We lost an F-35! <laughs> it just kept flying! Can we call Liberty Safe right now and see if we can get the backdoor codes to the F-35? Can we, Are we sure that Liberty Safe doesn't have the backdoor codes to just break into that thing and hack it? Can't we get an EMP on that thing? Where's the F-35? Where's it going to land? I wonder if it's going to land on my house. You know, I do live on a hilltop. So of all the places near me, it's most likely to crash land into my hilltop than, I don't know, the lower elevation around me. I like to look down on people. Actually, I like to have principal directions of fire. Easier to defend up here, baby. Come on up. Oh, you're coming in the middle of the night? That's fine. I'll see you coming. The Marine Corps issued a two-day stand-down. What's a stand-down? That means they grounded all aircraft, all aviation units. That means helicopters, fighters, transports. You're not flying a darn thing in your United States Marine Corps, at least for the next 48 hours, while we decide if our most advanced Warfighting planes have been compromised or not. I guess we're not flying any combat missions in the Mideast today. I guess we're not flying any covert combat operations in Ukraine today. Well, at least the Marine Corps isn't because the nation's or the world's seventh largest air force is grounded. And we don't even get to know why. The reason for the two-day stand-down order is, quote-unquote, unknown. Unknown. You don't get to know, citizen. Just pay your taxes. And if you don't pay your taxes, the IRS will seize your assets to make sure that you pay your taxes so that you can pay for the F-35s that the government's going to lose. And they're never going to be accountable for you for how they lost a freaking F-35 warplane. You know, when we were in Afghanistan, if I would have lost a pair of night vision goggles off of my helmet, I probably would have been in big, big, big trouble. Big trouble. Like, almost the level of trouble that I got in for not taking the COVID shot. There's... Up here, like imagine my hand up up by my face. This is not taking the COVID shot trouble. And then just down here by my chin, that's losing 
a thousand dollar piece of equipment. The United States just lost a $90 million aircraft. And, uh, well, nobody's going to get in big boy trouble. But if my binoculars had gone missing, if my sidearm had gone missing, if my Kevlar helmet had gone missing, that's a serialized piece of gear, sir. Uh, Sir, where's your helmet? Oh, I lost it in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's not good. You're going to have to go back there and find it. You're going to have to go back to Afghanistan, go to the last place you think you found it, walk concentric circles until you do find it, because you can't do anything until you turn that helmet in. Do you understand that? Your government just lost an F-35 warplane. (laughs) And... Per usual, there is not likely to be, nor will there be, any accountability for that mishap. And uh, and for the next 48 hours, all the pilots are just playing bingo. All the maintenance crews are like, yes, finally, I can work on these planes. Because there is a stand down. And you, the taxpayer, you're just going to forget about this. You're not supposed to ask questions about where the missing F-35 went. Still missing. (laughs) I'm just checking. F-35 fighter jet missing after pilot ejects during mishap. What was the mishap? Specs. The Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II is an American family of single-seat single-engine, all-weather, stealth, multi-role combat aircraft that is intended to perform both air superiority and strike missions. It is also able to provide electronic warfare and intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance capabilities. This thing does it all. It's a fighter. It does ground strikes. It does ISR. That's intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. It just does. It's a workhorse. These things are awesome. Hey, somebody call Lockheed Martin. We need to order at least one more of these things. (laughs) The F-35 Alpha took its maiden flight in 2006. That's 16 years ago. Introduced into the USMC as the F-35 Bravo in 2015. Uh, And then the Air Force got them. A year later, and then the Navy got him as the F-35 Charlie in 2019. Number built so far is about a thousand. There have been about a thousand of these things produced, and we just lost one of them. It's more than a fighter jet. It's a powerful force multiplier with advanced sensors and communication suites. This is LockheedMartin.com. This is a great day for Lockheed. Hey, Lockheed, we need at least one more because we lost one. Lockheed's like, that's your problem, not me. Operator error. The jets are so good 
that they can fly themselves, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the, the autopilot is so advanced that the plane is still flying right now. <laughs> and we don't know where it is because it's stealth. <laughs> where did our stealth fighter go? We don't know. That's interesting. I wonder if it's going to pop up in China. Do you think it's going to make it to China? Will it will it find will it find its way to St. Petersburg? How about Tehran? Hmm? Any takers in Tehran? How about Pyongyang? Is this F-35 gonna make its way to Pyongyang? I just wonder. Gee whiz. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this this segment of uh <laughs> This segment of of governmental accountability. Um, we're from the government, and uh, uh, and we're here to solve your problems. Uh, this segment was brought to you by the Founders Trading Post. Go to shop.mikechurch.com and check out all that they have in there. It, by the way, if if Church starts advertising an F thirty five for sale. If that thing went from Charleston to Louisiana and somehow it, it ended up in Acadia. And Mike Church is just riding around in his new F-35 stealth fighter. If this becomes for sale in the Founders Trading Post, I will be the first to put a bid on it. I feel like I need an F-35. Haven't you always felt like you've needed an F-35? Of all the things, like some, some guys are like, you know, I've been thinking about getting a boat. Or, you know, I've been thinking about getting into skiing more. Getting a cool set of skis. I'm like, I need an F-35. If that's a, a possibility, I, if I work hard enough, if I save, <laughs> isn't this the land of the free and the home of the brave? Isn't this the land of opportunity? If I work hard and I save enough, do you think I can get myself one of these sweet-ass F-35s? I'll take the Alpha. I don't need the Bravo or the Charlie. I don't need the latest one. Shoot, I'll take the floor model. If this floor model is for sale, if this one just happens to fly its way to the center of the country and land on my hilltop, I mean, I'm not going to, I, I will not do a show and tell you that that happened. I will just quietly disappear from the Crusade Channel. <laughs> oh, man. Autopilot so good it flies itself, ladies and gentlemen. Your United States government, the pinnacle of perfection, the pinnacle of accountability to your tax dollars. <laughs> this has been great. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday. This is Parrot Talk on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. God bless you. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com